right, here we go. <clears throat> well, hey guys, welcome to episode 114 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Commodore for five, and my fellow host is like Kevin Costner and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> claims to be a hero for the people, but really he's just trying to steal your stuff. Big Tuck. He's just stealing from the rich to pay the also rich. <laughs> I love how people make this Robin Hood narrative. It's like, so it's such a simple concept, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. really no like thing to it. He just steals from rich people and then gives to the poor. Right. But like people misconstrue that in whatever direction that they want. Right. So people are like, well, it's bad because they're not paying taxes on it. It's like tax-free income to the poor, which doesn't help anything with roads and anything. It's like, yeah, but like, why weren't the rich people being taxed? The real question is, why does this have to be taken out to like an outlaw, right? This guy goes against the guy. It's kind of the same argument that like, have you heard this capitalism, like how people misconstrue Batman to be this like Republican, like right-wing hero? Have you heard this? Really? Yeah, because think about it. Like, he, what is he doing? He's using his money, right? His superpowers, he has money. He doesn't, so he's burning all this stuff and not paying taxes on it because he puts it all through Wayne Tech, right? So he's funneling all these things into that. So he's avoiding government loopholes. He's using his privilege to take on crime and he operates above the law and like outside of jurisdiction. (laughs) So people like make him this like, like right wing, like fascist superhero. So basically what I'm hearing is Batman is now the modern day Florida. Exactly. But enough about that. We're, we're not here to talk about this sort of thing. But I also can't be like, hey, how are you? What have you been up to? Because we just talked less than 12 hours ago. That is correct. Uh, but if people want to know what we're up against, uh, me and Tuck borderline <laughs> want to destroy our website. Day three. Oh, God. It's so yeah. infuriating. Uh, so hopefully we are going to be working with Mr. T uh, to get it onto a better server so it doesn't and, suck. And shout out for the 15 people that go to the website. Please direct message yeah. me on, at Big Tuck Tweeting and tell me, or on pa- if you're a Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, if you're on that, message me and tell me if you think it's slow because it is infuriatingly difficult to use. Like when we're going through and just trying when to edit and it's and specifically stuff. when it's me and Mr. Combo on at the same time, it's impossible to do. So yes, <laughs> it's a nightmare, but what do you got to do? It's yes. Cause apparently this website was built in 1985. can only support one user at a time. Yeah, exactly. So if you try to come and order something, it will also crash if I'm trying to do an update. But no, other than that, I mean, today is the drinkathon. Of course, not in recording life. This is in the, post-apocalyptic time sphere uh, (laughs) that this show lives in. Um, And so I know when you guys are listening to this, uh, Big Tech and I, A, have already recorded another Brews and Builds for next week, uh, IRL, which will be fun. Uh, B, we are now trying to figure out what decks we strategically play throughout the tournament, so that way uh, we have a chance at getting Ragnar, a piece of magic That would be awesome, yeah. And then finally, uh, what the hell are we eating today, Big Tech? What should we be doing for Drinkathon Food Day? Are we are we doing like Minsky's? Uh, you're the out of town yeah. guy, I guess. Is it Minsky's Pizza? Is it like barbecue? Ooh, I don't know. You know what? What do you? Your barbecue is so good, uh, but Minsky's is also very good. Is it Minsky's just the easiest? 
Well, there is a barbecue Minsky's pizza. How many pizzas we're gonna have to order for like 17 people? Oh, I mean, it's going to be a crap ton. <laughs> but I mean, if everyone chips in like $15, yeah, right. it's like, okay, that's $500 worth of pizza or what whatever was this? it is. It was maybe my going away party where we ordered, I think you literally yeah. ordered $150 worth of Minsky's or something. And like, and it got destroyed. Like, it, it came and went. Like, all that was left <laughs> after 20 minutes was like a couple things of like thin crust. One cheese pizza, and then, like, one slice of, like, all the other varietals. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I remember going up and being like, uh, where are the wings? Oh, and they were like, wings, oh, yeah. those, those, those went away real quick. quick. Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it. All right. I don't, I don't want to think about food right now because my stomach hurts from this Nashville hot chicken sandwich I had yesterday. <laughs> well, uh, I'm excited and hungry because when we're done recording, I'm making chilaquiles. Ooh, yum. And all you know what else is ooh and yum? It's our Patreon. So you guys should go over oh, to yeah. patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, give it. Give it. Uh, and part of that, uh, part of joining the Patreon is uh, you, you, you get access into the Discord and, you know, comes with pucks. The like the talking boss to Spencer Wabbits. Yeah, smoking, it's just, you I'm know, I'm from, I'm smoking, from I'm smoking a cigarette outside of a Duncan. Come on, man. <laughs> and, you know, part of that is uh, we got that CMD Tower Jun Holiday <laughs> sweater. Uh, it's normally $50, but, you know, you patrons, you get, you get a little discount. It's a, get a little 20 spot. A little, a little, a little something, something off the, off the top. top. And hey, it, the other thing is that you get exclusive pre-order rights until December 1st to make sure you get your size. Because once your size is gone, it's gone. We ain't getting no more. And of course, you get shout outs onto the show and all this other stuff. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Apparently, Steve, my Boston parallel self took over a single aaron's from boston did you know that uh i do i do he's gonna be there right yeah yeah now of course if you're an existing patreon um and you refer someone into the collective maybe they want to get the holiday sweater whatever it is um have them let us know uh because we do have a referral program so you know if you're like a part of the big tuck brewing buddies for example and you get someone referred over um you know what we'll uh hook you up with a pack of sleeves or you know what maybe if uh have someone join the squeeze choir maybe we'll send you the squeeze coin um you know definitely we're going to hook you up with some swag um and some different little perks just to say thank you for growing the community now if you guys would like to pick up any of our cmd branded product head over to our store cmdtower.com slash merch uh that is where this awesome holiday sweater will be but patrons make sure you go to patreon.com slash cmdtower uh Log into your account because you will have a password protected link. So that way you guys can go do your pre-order. But uh, you can get our sleeves and all the accoutrement on there. The awesome thing is that we finally have uh, the shipping figured out. So that way it'll actually calculate to your zip code and give you uh, ground or uh, overnight. So hell, that's amazing. So excited. And we will be figuring out how to get it set up for our Canadian brethren. So that way uh, the likes can order as well. Now, of course, the free way to help us out is just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction does help. Now, we could not do this video or podcast without at underscore T codes. Tyler is our audio and video editor for Brews and Builds. Um, he does a lot of hard work into our channel and other channels in the Magic community. So please give us feedback what you really like, what you want Tyler to improve on, or maybe what you want us to net new introduce to the deck. 
So Bruza builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we talked about some exciting themes of EDH could support. You know, we decided to mix it up for season three. And continuing that train, Big Tuck and myself will be fantasy drafting commander decks around Woo! community voted Drafting, baby! So each of us will do the following. Free select 50 non-land cards. Uh, flip a coin to see drafts first and go round robin until the deck is actually complete. But what if you pick one of the cards that's on my list? I have to remove it from my draft board. But we all know my favorite thing to put in decks, lands, what about them? No, we will be giving the total land count recommended and only talking cards up to the available slots. But every once in a while, if there is a land that's very good, it does sometimes worm its way into the conversation. Uh, so the first 27 cards are, it's going to be a per-person snake draft, which basically means if Big Tuck wins the flip, he picks first, I pick second, I pick third, he picks fourth, he picks fifth, so on so forth. Um, but then the next five, it's going to be lightning round. So it's going to be rapid, rapid fire, boom, 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 right till we finish out the deck. So without further ado, let's get brewing. The collective chooses these, they vote for this, and I am baffled by this decision of what we ended up with. I know, I really thought they'd go for the Stranger Things partners. Me too, I, that was such a great idea. And I didn't even pick the good ones. It was like <laughs> the kind of weird ones. Wait, was uh, it, but I know it was Max and it was the Max I think it was and Max and Lucas? Lucas? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The couple, yeah. And so uh, they voted on a mono blue deck to be drafted today. So we're going to be doing Lair, Disciple of the Drowned. So yes. Big Tuck, why don't you read off what this card is and then give me your 30-second impression of the direction you're trying to take this deck. <laughs> uh, Lear, Disciple of the Drowned, is a legendary creature, human wizard Harry, that is a mythic. Uh, and for three colorless and double blue, spells can't be countered. Each instant sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. Uh, beneath the waves, lost gods stir in their slumber. Uh, I didn't really like this one. <laughs> I was surprised. I was shocked that it won. Uh, I think that there's a lot of like fun spell stuff that you can do with it. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Mr. Combo. As mentioned previously, I built my list when I was heavily intoxicated after hashing club. So I went through and it took me a minute to be like, oh yeah, what am I doing here? I'm pretty sure <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I have a I have a sub theme that I don't know if is even good. But I do like the idea of it not being countered, right? I think there's this kind of opens up a lot of different ways that you can play control and not just be like counterspell, force of will, force of negation, so on sure. and so forth. So uh I actually thought this was a fun challenge of a deck because I really started to think about it. And it's like, okay, how does – okay, it's instant and sorceries. We need to talk about playing stuff out of the graveyard. How do we make this fun? We can't do counter magic. Right. And then I was just like, oh, well, expropriate. Well, you can't do that because you'd have to mill it. <laughs> and there's literally no advantage to milling it right. because it's the same either way. It's not like you get to copy it uh, like with Savine. So I actually kind of took the deck into like this cool control deck and I Whoa. was able to do it dancing around counter magic, uh, nice. just doing it in different flavors. But then I actually, I'm just kind of, especially because it doesn't state only on your turn, only once per turn, it's just flat. So my design of Liar is a control deck that's trying to draw through the deck, but not necessarily oh. doing it the normal way. We're not trying to blue sun Zenith for 50. 
Okay. But it's more like we're trying to use like a card, like a brainstorm twice. We're trying right. to do, we're trying to use as many of the cheap cantrips that blue has, but use them multiple times with Lyre to dig through the deck, Got it. get stuff to protect the board, and then probably do the traditional, I don't have any cards in my library, I win. Uh, which is a boring blue way to do it. I'm I'm just kind of making the deck, at least that I'm drafting, go through more hoops to do it versus Grand Monolith, Power Artifact, Infinite Mana, I win the game. Like, I'm not doing that. Right. How many, uh, how much are you dealing with the graveyard? Uh, a fair amount. I, I got some stuff that'll pay off casting stuff from the graveyard. I got some okay. stuff to, to be able to return things from the graveyard. So potentially I get to use the card three times instead of twice. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Because, yeah, I was like, I, I, again, I'm going through this and actually made some pretty good picks, shockingly, just looking through it. Uh, but I do play a little bit of the, the mill stuff. Um, I, I do agree, though. I think that's can, can I get in a dangerous territory if you focus too much on just the mill. Because, yeah. again, Lier does cost five. I don't know. What do you think about five drop commanders? That's kind of like the norm, right? Yeah, well, I'd say four or five mm -hmm. has kind of become the norm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I will say five is now at that CMC because Commander has gotten so streamlined, it seems like, that now it's like, ah, is is it a really powerful five drop? Right, like, is it right, right. Is it a really good legend or is it better for me to go with a three drop that's maybe not quite as good? It's good, yeah. But I think, like, I think the idea of, like, building this control shell around him and forcing yourself into... Because it's like, I think most uh, spell slingers want to be able to cast stuff back that are like Cyclonic Rift and those sort of things, yep. or just like, you know, your counter spells. So I do think that it's kind of interesting, but I guess, I guess we'll see. I'm excited to hear about your lockdown pieces. I'm excited for you to yell at me about some of my choices. <laughs> it's going to be Because they don't make any great. sense. Yes, exactly. Because it's like, I don't really don't know where I was going with this one. Now, I was like... We, if you don't have a coin handy, I realize that these Zins that are my my uh, tobacco-free chewing tobacco, we could just flip these. <laughs> I have a coin. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to go, uh, what do you want, tuck heads or tails? Uh, I would like tails never fails. All right. That would be heads. Damn it! This is. A, I think I've won uh, the, all the other ones, haven't I? No, actually, no, you you've won the first one. Every no, you've lost every single coin flip. I just always defer to you and have you go first because I want to pick two in a row. And yes, that's exactly what I'll be doing today, ladies and germs. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will defer to the second half. I see. All right. Well, uh, are you ready to get into this? Are you ready? Yeah, ready let's to do this let's go. Bit? All right. So my first one is uh, kind of like a utility spell. It's a color-shifted version of one of my favorite red interaction spells. But these sort of things, I think, are really worth their weight in gold, uh, especially when you can re-buy them from the graveyard. But we're starting off with Twin Cast. So double blue for an instant copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. One thing I really like about this is that a lot of times you, you kind of save this up to be like a backup counter spell. But I, mm -hmm. So you kind of always have that in the back of your mind being like, I want this to be protection against other blue decks. But I think yeah. if spells can't be countered, it really kind of opens up how much fun you can get, right? This can turn into a ramp spell. This can turn into creating a bunch of creatures, those sort of things. Um, and just being able to cast it twice, I think, just has a lot of value to it. Yeah, Um you know, normally I wouldn't be that big of a fan of these kind of cards. Like the the copy stuff, it's, yeah, it's cute. But the, once again, I'm all about that one time use. That value, I, right? I, yeah, if I can't use it over and over, but I think the fact that your commander allows you just on its body to be able to pull it back from the graveyard, I think that's fantastic. 
Um, yeah. It's absolutely worth including in the deck. Um, and, I mean, it could be one of those things to where we use some of my control shell. We've already done it again. It's now stuff in exile. You need ways to counter stuff. And maybe sure, your opponents sure, sure. play that stuff, and that way you could twin cast off of it. So, yeah, lots of utility. I love it. All right, what are your first two picks? All right, so my first pick for round one is going to be a a pretty awesome card because we're going to be playing things from the graveyard. So we're going to be playing Secrets of the Dead. Oh, yeah, we are. Damn you. Damn you. (laughs) Enchantment for 11 cents. Uncommon. (laughs) Whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, draw a card. What's better than getting extra value from spell sorceries and instants you've already played is when you do it again, you also replace the card back into your hand. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, I love this card. Uh, I think this is a must-have immediate slam dunk into the deck. Uh, I think that this is going to be something that your opponents are really going to have to wonder if they want to blow up. And I think you're going to get four to eight cards off of this pretty consistently yes. for three. This Absolutely. is like your perfect card. What a perfect first pick for you. Like our, per- our first picks are like dead on to how we want to play. Uh, well, for round two, I'm going to start off with one of my control shells. Uh, that's kind of a counter, but not a counter. We're going to be unsubstantiating with our opponents. So oh, unsubstantiate, God, yeah. so colorless good. blue, instant, return target spell or creature to its owner's hand. Basically, two mana delay a turn or yep. bounce a creature that you can also do again, and it's always at instant speed. So powerful. Um, <laughs> and if there's going to be ways that we can return our instants and sorceries back to our hand, uh, being able to use unsubstantiate multiple times through the game is really good. Uh, I Yeah, unsubstantiate's a total house. Um, there's a card that I'll be talking about a little bit later, hopefully. We'll be able to go into about this sort of thing. I was really hoping we could put delay in here because you said that, but that is also a counterspell. Damn it. <laughs> All right, Tuck, what do you got Good. for your round two? Okay. Uh, so this one's a new card, um, and I think it does two things. One of the, I think the fact that you can recast this is really going to get some value for you, as well as protect your commander pretty well as well. So uh, you see a guard approach, I think is an interesting card that I had not seen played before. So what? It's one, I have it's never one, even heard of this. I know, it's brand new off of Adventures in Forgotten Realms. So you see a guard approach, one blue, instant. Choose one, distract the guard, tap target creature, <laughs> or hide. Target creature you control gains hexproof Ooh. until end of turn. So that's why for me, like it's it's kind of a very low power sort of spell. But if you cast it once to protect one of your other utility creatures, and then if you have Leer out and someone tries to remove him with a source of plowshares or something like that after they untap, you can kind of block, you can kind of defend him twice with it. Uh, so that's why that's why I think it's kind of like a cool little nifty utility card. It, uh, the tap target creature is kind of stinky. I wish it was tap target creature and they don't untap next turn. They're like that froze mechanic, but mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's too much ass for one drop yeah no um not not a ton to add you like this you like this one i i like it a lot especially because it's one mana it and once again i think the reason that some of these chaff cards that probably wouldn't see play are good is because your commander allows you to do it anytime you want if there was any restriction on it this wouldn't be playable but the fact that there aren't any it's gr- amazing. If it was like only during your turn or something yes. like that, right? Or yeah, only yeah, yeah. once per turn. That's even yes. like, uh, would I rather have something else? Uh, yeah. But the fact that you could, you know, save a bunch of mana, protect your commander, maybe do a card draw, maybe even return a spell or a creature to someone's hand. 
that's awesome. All exactly. Yeah, I love it. That's that one. Um, and then this one's super boring. I think what I did in my drunkenness was I put in all of my cards and then like shuffled it. it a few times. Uh, but yes, we are talking about our old pal Shark Typhoon. Yeah, pretty we much are. a blue, pretty much a blue spell slinger staple. Five colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying, where X is that spell's mana value. It cycles for X, a blue, and a uh, colorless. When you cycle it, you create a XX blue shark creature token with flying. Uh, this card's a complete house. Uh, it's, yes, it is. It's kind of like the Meat Hook Massacre of that set in a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. it's played across formats. It's very strong. It's, like, backbreaking, played in standard, um, even though it's not legal in standard anymore. And you kind of have to have it. The only trick here, Mr. Combo, is that there's no way in hell Meat Hook Massacre is ever going to get down to $10. <laughs> Like Probably not. Probably not. Uh, mainly because Meat Hook Massacre does just do what black does. Yeah. Just like so, really, so really well. well. Efficiently. Uh, yeah. This one at least is like casting spells. So you still have yeah. to like do a little bit of a thing. But yeah, no, I mean, I had this on my list. Shark nice. Typhoon's an absolute house. Uh, it's the one way I can play at instant speed. And I do that in quotes <laughs> in my Bruticlad deck. Uh, great <laughs> shout out to CCO Nation for that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. A, but instant speed. <laughs> yeah. So, but here's the interesting thing, Tuck, because I had this in my list, and my uh, round three card as well produces tokens when we do spells. Oh. But I actually think the token strategy in this deck needs to be a sub sub theme. It needs to be the bare minimum, and you'll see why later oh but my next uh card that i'm gonna talk about it's kind of i guess a blue staple um especially in the spellslinger decks because everyone plays it we're talking about tarlian the sky summoner oh yeah uh is this on mine probably i mean i don't know why it wouldn't be we always talk about drakes yes <laughs> it's, not on, it's not on there so, Tolerand, Sky Summoner, two colorless, blue, blue, legendary creature, merfolk, wizard. Uh, it's a 2-2. Two, two, and it states whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, make a 2-2 two, two blue drake creature token with flying. So, exact same thing yeah. with the Shark Typhoon. You just, if you're going to be doing what your deck wants to do, just get something on the battlefield. Granted, the Shark Typhoon will be able to make a variation of power and toughnesses. Uh, depending on what the spell is, this is always going to put out your 2-2s. Two but, um, you know, something's... Yeah. Nice to have for a chump because, like I said, my strategy is to control the board, draw through the deck to hopefully win through that route. And so you're going to need blockers because once people figure it out, because I do think, uh, Lair, it's it's interesting, Tuck, because people might see that commander when you sit down and be like, oh, well, you're playing fair blue. You're not doing counter spells. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you might be able to trick people for a little bit, but once they start kind of seeing you control the board, it's like, oh, screw this person. I need to kill him. <laughs> uh, and you'll need guys to block for that. So I'm looking through my list. I have a lot of these guys, these sort of token summoners that come out. I think I might have too many, and I'm also looking through here. I'm not sure if I have enough actual spells that are instant sorceries. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, my round four, oh, uh, we're going to continue on the how do you counter spells so, without countering so spells? Narset's Reversal. So, yeah. blue, blue, instant, copy, target, instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, 450 is the cheapest one you can get. So, once again, I actually, I mean, this is just a powerful card in general, and people yep. play it a lot, because a lot of times you could do it on your own spell and be able to do the spell again, and then Narset's Reversal it again with this commander, and then cast it again. <laughs> you essentially get five copies of your spell, but... 
And this one, uh, it's because of that loop, because of the fact that you can uh, play it from the graveyard at instant speed whenever you right. want, because if you're commander, it's an absolute auto-include. Yeah, uh, it's insanely strong. I love it. Uh, great pick. I can't believe it's $5. I remember this was, was like a buck, maybe even less. Yep. So that's, st- that's stinky, but I guess if you want to play, if you want to pay the piper, you got to pay the iron price for that reversal. Right. Well, Tuck, for round four, what do you got? All right, I got a pretty basic one, um, but I Damn am you. Playing, I'm playing a lot of big haymakers uh, in my uh, sorcery package. So Ley Line of Anticipation, just, again, kind of a mono blue, kind of have to have it. Two colorless, two blue for an enchantment. If it's in your opening hand, you can get in with it on the battlefield, which is insane. And then, of course, you make cast spells as though they had flash. I have a lot of creatures in this deck. I don't know why. I also have a lot of things, which we'll get into, which cannot be cast at instant speed no matter how hard you try. <laughs> Unless you're going like a very, very high instant count in this build, I think you kind of have to have Ley Line. I think it's a pretty easy fix for anything where you want to play a control or a very interactive sort of deck and to even pile on to it the great thing is that it doesn't have any conditional clause think of like omniscience where you only play spells from your hand your without hand, paying um, their cost this you don't have any hand point. or your turn clause with that so you can now play your sorceries out of the graveyard whenever you want and and just all the rigmarole so yeah yep. great card uh so i have another one and this is the first sorted cheese on here okay. uh I am obsessed. I, for some reason, am on a MFDC rampage. I love all of them. <laughs> I can't stop putting them in decks. I literally can't stop, Mr. Combo. It's, it's because you're help. becoming better and better friends with Tomer, and he's just slowly <laughs> infecting just slowly, you. I just, I literally just bought like six copies of the board, white board wipe one. <laughs> but uh, this one is one of the ones I don't think is as strong, but still very good. So Solundi Vision. So two colorless and a blue for an instant. Look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal an instant or sorcery card from among them, put them into your hand, then put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. This one, I think for me, is just kind of like, eh, in terms of the card. But I do yeah. like the fact that you can cast it twice, right? And that, sure. I think, makes it a lot better um, in this one. And then it also is Solendi Isle, which is a land that enters the battlefield tapped and produces a blue. So for me, kind of meat and potatoes. Take out an island, put this in here. Even if you discard it or are forced to discard it, you can always cast it again at a later date. Yeah, and the other thing that I like, and this is a fringe thing, but it is good to know, is that if you ended up having to play it for the land earlier in the game, sometimes there's things that destroy lands or you have to sacrifice a land. This is a great one in this deck to sacrifice. It'll be an instant in the graveyard then, and then your commander can play it, which would be normally the negative of the modal face cards. Oh, if I play it for the land side, I can never do the instant or sorcery on the other. This, you always have the option. I mean, heck, there might be a thing, Tuck, if you were to build this deck, put in all the modal face blue cards that you can, and then have some sort of, like, Sack land engine, and oh, then it's like, no. ha No, no, no. It's um. Hold on here. Uh, train routes. I think that's the one. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Bonus, bonus one here. Trade routes. One colorless, one blue for an enchantment. One return target land you control to its owner's hand. One discard a land card, draw a card. Oh. There, there you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. I don't know anyways. how many modal. I don't know how many modal blue cards they are, but there you go. <laughs> I, think, I think there's like four. But that's fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> there's more print. Mister Combo, it's back to you. I'm passing. I'm passing it back to you. Pick up the phone. Who are we calling? 
Alright, so the funny thing is that we need to be briefed on a mission. We just talked oh. about this card. What? Uh, but it's great in this card. It's great in this deck. I hate you. I hate Am I just you stealing so all of yours? No, you were just griefing <laughs> me about this card like a week ago. <laughs> so mission briefing. Blue, blue, instant. It's a rare. <laughs> but it's actually good in this deck. Surveil <laughs> 2, the choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. Uh, you may cast that card this turn. If that <laughs> card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Here's why it's actually good in this deck. Is there surveil, how I would prefer scry, surveil's good for this because then yes, you can actually right. choose instant and sorceries that you put in the graveyard, not an enchantment or creature or land or right, something right, you can't right, bring right, back. Right. Uh, the other nice thing about it is that it does set it up for the future. This isn't conditional on your commander being on the battlefield. This is almost a good, oh, my commander's seven and I don't have seven. Okay, I'll do mission sure. briefing and still kind of do my commander's rigmarole. So, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you can use it again later whenever you want. So that's why I like it in this uh, Lyre deck. Listen, it's great. But I think the bigger issue is that this card is just good. <laughs> and I'm yeah. glad you finally see the light. No, I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Unreal. Well, for round six, what? I wanted what? to uh, dazzle you with Ooh. my dazzling lights. Wow. So I actually, Tuck, when I was going through, Surveil is amazing in this deck. And I thought of you yes. with our Surveil discussion. You could all, I think Lyre actually is an amazing uh, Surveil commander. Oh, command oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. Dazzling Lights is one blue. It's an instant for a penny. Target creature gets negative three, negative zero until end of turn. That's nice, I guess. But the bigger thing is surveil too. If you're needing mm. to fuel your graveyard or it's like, I literally don't have anything to do. Okay, fine. Negative three, negative zero. Oh, two yeah. things. Put it in the yard. I'm going to do it again. Up, oh, two things in the yard. Okay. I've, I've been able to filter through my deck. And now I have this whole army. I like I can now remove the thing that is hurting yes. me, right? Yeah. Um, but even then, I think like the minus shit kind of stinks, but it, like there are those fringe things where it's like you're at 14 commander damage and there's someone yeah. swinging in for seven and you're like, okay, I can live through this, right? Like yeah. I'll still be alive even though I'm still on like the precipice of being destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so round six. I finally have uh, a instance that I think is interesting. So this is a pretty sweaty pick. Because I don't know if it actually does anything, but I think disc <laughs> I think discontinuity could be an interesting pick in here. So three colorless, three blue for an instant. As long as it's your turn, the spell costs two colorless to blue blue to cast, and then end the turn. So for me, if we can't if if we can't overload Cyclonic Rift or those sort of big board wipers out of the, our graveyard which you can't with flashback. You can't do Overlord, which is stupid, but whatever. Then at least we have one way that we can just be like, okay, you're done. Like, I'm sick of playing with you. This turn's going too long. You're doing too many things. We're just, we're, it's over. I'm just stopping you right here in your tracks. But it's for six a low cost mana. of six mana. Look, I don't make the rules, man. Six mana to stop <sighs> someone from winning? What price else are you willing to pay? Seven in Cyclonic Rifts? <laughs> but you can't overload it from the graveyard. Like, a lot of times if someone's about to win the game, you could just single bounce something and you'll stop the rigmarole. Sure. But now you can single bounce everything, including their patience. <laughs> just stop it. Jesus. All so right. Fine. Okay. So uh, I have another one here that I want to talk about. Hold, please. Yeah, I think round this one that I, seven. Round seven. Okay. So uh, I just saw this card get played like crazy. 
I think it's going to be pretty good in here with the amount of cards we're going to be drawing. Um, so I have two of these, and the first one is going to be Ominous Seas. So colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, put a foreshadow counter on Ominous Seas. Remove eight foreshadow counters from Ominous Seas. Create an 8-8 eight, eight blue Kraken creature token, and then it cycles for two. So yep. for me, this is something that's just kind of going to sit around, right? And I think this is a card that you and I like see and it's uh 38 cents i think this is one of those cards that you and i like to see because it's like do when what's like the point where someone is going to want to blow this up right because it's yeah. like do they wait till eight or is that too late like do they want to waste removal on it um and then if you don't need it you can always just draw a card off it with the cycling too so for yeah, me that's I, why i like this one in this deck particular i like it a lot because of the fact you can do it over and over and over mm. and over again if it was a you sacrifice it then it's it may still be good, but then you really have to figure out, is it worth a slot over just generic more card draw or more control? Right, sure. But the fact that you can just keep pumping them out, and you are right, this deck is going to be drawing a filthy amount of cards uh, through yes, a lot of spells. So you're going to get a lot of 8-8s. Yes, sir. Draw it. All right. Well, for my round seven, I want to eat your dreams. So Dream <laughs> okay. Eater is awesome in here. Four colorless blue blue creature nightmare sphinx. It's a four three mythic. Uh, it has flash. It has flying. Oh. And when it ETB surveil four, and then when you do, you may return target non land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. So this is part of our control shell, but also still can fuel our commander. It's instant speed. You know, people could be like, oh, you left up six mana. They have, you have one or two cards in hand. What's in their graveyard? Ah, oh, it's a bunch of cantrips. Okay. He's right, just right, going right. to cantrip on other people's turns. Let me swing and do this thing to their planeswalker or whatever. You know what? Six mana. Let me flash in this guy. I can either bounce the thing that's coming at me. I can block it with the four or three. But regardless, I'm going to be surveilling four and hopefully fueling that next turn. So I think there are going to be some of these. I think this is a little overcosted. I think you're going to need sure, some of yeah. those in here. Um, but. You know, hey, blue knows how to blink, so you could repeatedly yep. abuse that surveil four. And I do like how you committed to surveil on this as well. That's a real win that you did on this. Not this, not the control shell piece. The the surveil commitment. That's what I like. Uh, I think this is a really cool card. I think this card. I love sphinxes, um, and I think that this is one that is just kind of always fell off from being something that I want to slam in a bunch of decks. But sure. I agree here. Like this is like a great control card. And you get to fill up the graveyard. So thumbs up from Big Tuck. Big there thumbs up. There we go. All right. Well, <clears throat> my next one is going to be a pretty cool enchantment. And you get to do extra surveilling. So we're talking about enhanced <laughs> surveillance. Uh, colorless no way. blue enchantment. <laughs> you may look at two additional cards each time you surveil. Exile enhanced surveillance. Shuffle your graveyard into your library. <laughs> okay. And that's actually the big piece of this enchantment. And it's 12 cents. So I was gonna, I was just gonna ask, do you want to run any of these sort of shuffle effects? I don't want to run them for the sake of running them, but as long as they have uh, a modal ability, then yes. So that's why okay. I like this in here. It's only two mana. You have to have some way to protect your graveyard at some point. It's just like we even say, like you need to at least have one piece of graveyard hate in your deck. Right, 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 right. And the fact that we are gonna have the sub theme of surveil in here. It's like, well, you still are giving me something. Now, is this thing going to work every rotation? Probably not. 
But I think if you could get two additional surveil cards once every two rotations, I actually mm. think that is worth it because that's essentially getting to look at an extra card every turn. Right. And how many cards do we play that are just scry one at the beginning of your upkeep? That's essentially right. what this would net out to be. If, if we're already pot committing to these and most of them are instants and sorceries, we might as well just go all the way. And then those just replace, to your point, like the ponders, the uh, preordains and that sort of stuff. You're just, yep. we're just replacing those with surveil and now getting extra value out of it. Yep. All right. I like it. All right, Tuck, give us yours. Okay. So this is my first cheese card. This one's definitely cheese. greasy. Che oh, cheese. Didn't we lock you in a dumpster one time? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I got out. Cool. Well, there's some whippets lying around. <laughs> I hate Jeremy Piven so much. One of what I don't hate, walk the Aeons, our first extra spell turn. I only put a couple in because most of them exile themselves. Yes, they do. This one is great. Four colorless double blue for a sorcery. Uh, <laughs> target player takes an extra turn after this one. It goes right to the graveyard. Sack three right? islands. <laughs> but you can sacrifice three islands to buy it back. And sometimes that's all you need. Think about it. Like you buy it back. So with the cost of 12 mana... <laughs> Having your commander out on the board and just a pen the penance of three lands, which you're not going to ever have enough of in this deck, you can take three extra turns in a row. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to walk the Aeons. Walk once, the twice, Aeons third time. Once, Too twice, three times Christmas. a lady. <laughs> I... And, then you can buy it, and then you can buy it back on the third turn instead of it going to exile. And it goes well, back no, to hand. Because I think part of the flashback cost is... Oh, let me... Uh, Hold on, I gotta look this up because I yeah, because uh, I think the definition of flashback. If the flashback may, cost was paid, exile this card instead of putting it anywhere else. Anytime it would leave the stack. Oh, okay. Yeah, damn it. Well, okay, but you can still do once, twice, three times an Aeon, which I think is pretty sweet. <laughs> Tuck is here to destroy your own resources. <laughs> uh, yes. When when we met Control Shell, we didn't mean controlling your opponents. We meant controlling yourself. Exactly. Our own our own board is, is going to pay the piper. It's like for Tuck, this are one. you sure you want to buy back three islands? Those are your last three islands. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do I look like someone who's messing oh around? No. It's like that Thanos uh, scene in Endgame. Do it, but sir, our soldiers. I don't oh, yeah. care. Oh yeah, we're just, just fire, rain <laughs> fire. Awesome. Yes. Uh, okay. Moving on to the next one. Now, if you thought the seas were ominous, you don't know nothing about them chickens or the pigeons, <laughs> if you will. Ominous roost. Two colorless and a blue for an enchantment. When Ominous Roost enters the battlefield, or whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one blue uh, bird creature token with flying, and this creature can block only creatures with flying. So again, <laughs> we're just getting free value. We're getting our chip damage in. Um, there's a card maybe later that we can turn these birds into something maybe a little bit bigger. But eventually, we're just going to have this army of birds that are going to be pecking down planeswalkers, pecking down life totals. <laughs> And then dying to an untimely board wipe. Yeah, or an untimely rain because they're stupid and they looked up and drowned uh, in, in the rain there. Oh, sorry, that's turkeys. Um, Wait, what? So, yeah, that's like, and that I think that's like an old tale that turkeys are so dumb if it rains, they'll like stare up at the sky and like drown. Oh, and just like drown? Yeah. Sure. Uh, could you imagine what they were thinking that whole time? Like, oh God, I wish I wish this water had stopped getting in my throat. <laughs> oh, if only I did could you, stop it. Did you know that Ben Benjamin Franklin wanted the bird of the United States not to be the uh, American bald eagle, bald eagle, but the turkey? Yep. I did. <laughs> said he wanted the turkey. And now again, I haven't eaten a bald eagle yet, so I don't know. But turkeys <laughs> certainly do taste good. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, this this card's fine. I mean, once again, this will have to, with how Tuck's building it and with how I'm building it, we're going to have to figure out that balance because one of my big control cards is not good for tokens for anyone. Um, so oh. it'll be interesting to just see how many token producers we have versus control pieces and how do you find that balance to where you don't hurt yourself. Um, but very cool card because, like you said, it's going to just give you value for you playing your deck. That's what I kind of thought, too. So, all right, back to you. We're still finishing the ninth round. What do you got? All right, so we're going to surveil some more. We're talking Night Vale Sprite. <laughs> uh, colorless blue, creature fairy rogue. It's a 1-2. It has flying. Ooh. Whenever it attacks, surveil one. Nobody's oh, yeah. ever chumping this thing. It's only one card. It's 15 cents. It's a two drop. It fuels the early game yep. for you. Because uh, now, sometimes I think graveyard players are like, regardless if I could even do anything with it, I'm going to put it in the graveyard. Like, I'm always putting things in my graveyard, and that's what I'm always doing. I am not of that mindset. I like it, especially in the early game, when you don't have ways to even play the things in your graveyard. Right, right, right. Surveil 1, if it's a land, and even if I have a land in hand, I might keep it. Because it's like, well, I only got one land in hand. I need to make sure I hit that land drop. Sure. Um, so... It's gonna it's gonna definitely let you look, and it's cheap because it kind of gives you a Cincy divining top s scry every turn because you're always gonna swing. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, honorary ninja, great rogue, solid inclusion in this deck, especially if you're surveilling for three for on each attack with that other enhanced surveillance that you're talking about. Yep. All right. You know I was gonna put a planeswalker in here. Oh, you know it was gonna be a Jace. Oh. And it's of the Living Guild Pact. What? No, not him. He's the worst. <laughs> He's good. He's actually good. Two colorless no. blue, blue, Planeswalker Jace. It's five loyalty mythic. You can get one for 93 cents because that shows how powerful it is. Uh, and it has three effects. Plus one, look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your graveyard. That's literally going up in loyalty it's doing just, exactly it's what you're yeah. yeah. And then minus three, return another target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, part of our control shell. And then minus eight, each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into his or her library. You draw seven cards. I don't think you're ever going to do the minus eight. I don't <laughs> see why you would. Right. But it could be something that you, once again, from a control perspective, you're at 10, 12. You just keep going up. It's kind of like when I do my Ashiok, where I have you mm -hmm. exile the top three cards that I can cast creatures off of it. I mean, that Ashiok sometimes will get to 16, 17, 18. Right, and I'm yeah. like, guys, I'm just going to keep doing it unless I really feel like I need to do the ultimate and play a creature. Right. You could do that with this. Like, hey, I'm just going to keep surveilling. I mean, if you really, like, terrifying Tyler, start going bananas with your Baron, yeah, I might, I might get rid of all of our graveyards and shuffle it back in. But I'm just here to surveil. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I want to know it's funny. I think you actually made a deck or found a deck where this is good. <laughs> what can I say? The, the, the Living Guild Pack is traditionally the black sheep of the Jace clans because nobody likes them. But, you know, I, it's actually pretty good in here. So get, I got to give credits. Uh, and this will not be not the last or the third to last or the fifth to last potentially Jace that we're discussing this very, <laughs> this very morning. Well, Tuck, uh, to round out round 10, what do you got? Uh, I have a card here that is going to ramp. It's This is kind of like Night Vale Sprite, in my opinion. Um, it does both things you want and just kind of accelerates the game. So Deranged Assistant is a colorless and a blue for a creature, human, wizard, Harry, uh, that you can tap, mill a card, and then add a, a colorless to your mana pool. And it's a scent, literally. So for me, again... 
it's a wizard, Harry. It it mills you a card, and also you get to add one. The the thing I don't like about as much, and I think this is the payoff. The Night Vale Sprite, you're getting an attack and getting yep. a choice. This one, you're getting a mana and not getting a choice, right? Yep. So that's where that's where it kind of can bite you in the ass. But I think we're gonna have enough utility and enough ways to play stuff from the graveyard, pull it back out, where you're gonna be able to be okay with just milling one. So I'm usually not the the biggest fans of these. I mean, I do run yep. this uh, card in my Arami deck. Um, but I, yeah, oh, right, right. Once, once again, I don't like losing resources and not even knowing what it is. Like, that just kind of sucks. You like, I think with Magic, speaking of control deck, I think you like to be able to dictate yes. every, like, I want to dictate how I'm going to discard my cards. I'm going to dictate how I mill my library. I'm okay doing any of that, but you want the agency to do it yourself, right? Yes. But here's the cool thing. I actually think with the way that I'm building the deck makes this card actually very, very good because you've been surveilling nonstop. You should know kind of roughly what's on the top. And so right, it right, might right, be right, like, right. okay, I can surveil, but I need to also add a mana to cast this other spell. Let me look at it first. Oh, you know what? That actually is one I'm cool putting in the graveyard. Let me leave it on top and deranged assistant can put it in the graveyard. And now I get yeah. a mana. Um, so you can kind of use the surveil as almost, do I just want to leave it on top for a mana or do I want to put it in the graveyard and then go even deeper and maybe I am going to risk something. So I, I actually really right. like, uh, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm excited about it as well. So my next one round 11 is kind of a counter spell a little bit, but I'm not quite sure because <laughs> okay. it's sending me a lot of different vibes and potentially some misdirections. So three colorless, double blue for an instant. You may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Change the target to target spell with a single target. So you pay the you you pay the easy cost on this for the blue card first time, and then you pay the five to keep yourself alive another turn. It's a counter spell without being a counter spell. You can move a you can move a fireball to someone else. You can take someone else's extra turn. It's going to be a great utility card that people are going to have to play around when it's in your graveyard. Hmm. So I did see because uh, there's a few of these cards that Change are similar targets, to this, sure. and uh, of a target spell with a single target and. I didn't put any in my list, but I'm glad to see that you did to put more of the control piece in here because that was mm -hmm. the one where it's like, gosh, I, I, we want to figure out how to counter magic without countering magic, but is it is it going to be the targeted spells that we want to deal with or is it more like sweeper effects or generic right, effects? Right. Um, so I think actually having a good healthy balance of both uh, will help you throughout the game. But you cannot do the Exile blue card as flashback, correct? So that's actually what I was looking into the rules on. I want to say you can. Because it says rather than pay Misdirection's mana cost. Right. It's not like pay... Overload that's an alternate. Like, tr I guess they're both alternate costs. It's just they're yeah. worded differently. If, if you cast a spell with flashback, you can't pay any alternate costs such as Overload costs. You can pay an additional cost such as Kicker costs. And if it has any mandatory additional cost, you may pay those cards. You may pay those to cast a spell as flashback. So, no? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Rule, judge! Yeah, who cares? Moving along. All right. Uh, round All 11, right. what we got here? Round 11. Well, I wanted to, wanted to have that control shell. 
And a mono blue staple is Quicksilver Fountain. Oh, God. Three colorless artifact for a little under three bucks. It's a rare. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player puts a flood counter on target, non-island land. He or she controls that land is an island as long as it has a flood counter. At end of turn, if all lands in play are islands, remove all flood counters from them. Do I need to say more? <laughs> no. I played this once, and it was people were upset. <laughs> <laughs> people were furious yeah not happy i like it i love it slam dunk well round 12 we're going to have to try to figure out how to explain <laughs> this disappearance uh so we're talking unexplained disappearance okay so this card's an instant uh colorless blue oh. return target uh creature to its owner's hand at an instant and surveil one Sure. You yeah. sa Slam dunk. Sa save your bacon for two mana and get to dig. Perfect. I love this surveil thing that you've done here. I cool. think it's great. So the funny thing is I actually worked on my list maybe a day or two after we recorded episode 114 where we were talking oh. about surveillance stuff. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, I think this would actually make Tuck really, really happy. So let's, You're right. Let's, let's do it. Correct. You are 100% correct, sir. All right. Well, finish out round 12 with yours. I think this is going to be a card that's going to make you very happy. Ooh. Because I can kind of, hold on, I'm getting something. It's like white Russians in a can, turkey legs, surveillance. I I, I lost it, but my telepathy is finally coming through. Because I want to know what everyone else is playing. Because I'm sick of sitting here and not knowing. And then this way, I know exactly what cards I need to cast from my graveyard. So telepathy is very straightforward. One blue for an enchantment. Your opponents play with their hands revealed. Genius. How is this card only like 50 cents? How many decks do you feel that you have had this in and then have subsequently cut it from? Zero, because I've never bought a copy. Oh, really? Yeah. Never bought <laughs> I one. I never think of it. But I'm just wondering, one single blue... To just know what everyone's doing all the time, and no one will ever blow this up. It'll just accidentally so, right? get blown up. No one's gonna direct target this, right? Because they're all well, and like to some extent, your hand is gonna be your graveyard when your commander's out, so they can yeah. always know what's in there too, right? So, anyways, I love telepathy, uh, and this seems like a good deck for it, so that you're not burning your precious exiled spells on the wrong targets. Yeah, I think the only deck telepathy would get blown up immediately on, uh, like sightseeing, would be uh, send triplets. Because then oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like I can pick who has the best hand to be able to play out of. That's the only one I think. Everything mm. else would just be like, all right, okay, it sucks, yeah. but okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Mage's spell book where it's just you have unlimited hand size for zero. No one's gonna kill that. It's yeah. just gotta sit there the entire time. So uh, I was not joking about my next Jace rampage I'm going on, but I have shifted some of them around. Uh, this one's one of the more under underplayed ones, and I think it has tons of value in a deck like this. So Jace, Unraveler of Secrets. So three colorless double blue for Legendary Planeswalker Jace. Plus one, scry one, then draw a card. Minus two, bounce a creature to owner's hand. And then finally, minus eight, you get an emblem, when, which is whenever an opponent casts their first spell each turn, counter that spell. So the minus eight is kind of bad here because yes. eventually you won't be able to counter <laughs> the spells. But the ability to scry, draw, especially when you're going through your surveil rigmaroles, and then also bounce a creature, all for five mana, you just keep going back and forth like that. It's Living Guild Pact is just a better version of this card. We're going to have both of them. I understand, them but, you, but you, you ranked on it so bad, and it's literally a four mana version of this card. <laughs> <laughs> With a better plus one for the deck. 
and a better ultimate. ultimate. And, and an ultimate that is slightly better, but also ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> We're taking them both, all of them. Just, if you think these ones are bad, just you wait. Because <laughs> believe me, it gets wild. All right. Well, I am going to complete out round 13 with just a generic good card for the deck, uh, Codex Shredder. Oh, One God, colorless yeah. artifact, tap, target player mills a card. Five colorless, tap, sack the Codex Shredder, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. That's actually very nice because I have mm -hmm. been in decks that care about a specific thing in the graveyard that can pull out, a.k.a. my zombie deck. And I can't tell you how many times in that deck an instant sorcery enchantment goes to the graveyard. And I'm just like, God, I have no way yeah, to get back. Yeah, I can't do anything. This same type of thing. You might have an enchantment or creature or planeswalker you need to get back to hopefully finish out and win five colorless to, to bring it back is awesome and yep. it, it is the the milla card you don't get to look at it and so you get no payoff for it but you know there's gonna be times where you just need to fuel so yep i love it and it's a it's a one drop very innocuous you can always target an opponent as well if you need to if someone tutors like uh first turn vampiric tutor codex shredder mill you adios whatever card you needed right so yeah i love it it's got ton is this in your arami deck Yep. Nice. Yeah. It was a uh, part of the draft kit and it actually worked out really well. So, all, all right. right, going on to round 14. Uh, I actually just saw this card. This would have been last okay. week's commander clash. Richard literally discarded his hand like three or four different times. <laughs> he just had the worst luck, but the deck of many things in this deck, I think is bananas. Five mm -hmm. colorless legendary artifact mythic. You can still get one for two sixty. Um, or Ooh. you can get the one with the Dragon Ampersand for $62. So dumb. Two colorless tap. Roll a d20 and subtract the number of cards in your hand. If the result is zero or less, discard your hand. One through nine. Return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. Ten through 19. Draw two cards. 20. Put a creature from any graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. When that creature dies, its owner loses the game. So the way that I look at this is literally everything you're okay with. You discard yep. your hand. Well, I just basically took my hand from here, and now I got another hand in my graveyard. Uh, the yep. one through nine, if you end up getting that. Return a card at random. Okay, so it's either going to be something that I could have cast anyways with my commander, but now I get to do it an additional time. Or it was something that I had no chance at recasting, so I'll take that. 10 through 19, draw two cards. We talked about how I want to draw and win the game. Uh, and 20, I mean, that's just self, pretty self-explanatory. I get a creature, and if it dies, you lose? That's insane. Yeah. It's great. And I think like, I, especially if you're doing this much surveil stuff, um, I feel like there's a chance that your hand isn't going to be that big because you're casting all these one drops, you're surveilling, which is putting stuff into your graveyard. So I think that even then you might only have three or four cards in your hand, which will help make the roll not horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. All right. Tuck, complete round 14. Okay. Uh, we're going back to making creatures. But this one is going to be making some big boys when you cast Walk the Aeon three times in a row. Dika, Fractal Theorist. Four colorless and a blue for legendary creature, human wizard Harry. With Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a 0-0 zero, zero, green and blue fractal creature token. Put X-1-1 one, one counters on it where X is that spell's mana value. And then three colorless and blue target creature token can't be blocked this turn. So now when you cast Walk the Aeons, you go down three islands but you go up three six sixes and then you, eventually you can make one of them not blocked for uh, the small pittance of four mana I, th I think you misunderstood how that walk the aeons works 
You keep saying you, you, you get three, to, you get one token that's a six six. You don't get three tokens. But then you sacrifice your three islands and then cast it again. And then you cast, then you get another six six. And then you go to the graveyard, you cast it from the graveyard, and get another six six. <laughs> oh my God. So wait, this, deck so this, is, is, walk, this is walk six, the Aeon's dot deck. 12, 18, 23, and then the uh, three islands. Three so islands. 26 mana investment to get three extra turns and uh, three six sixes. Seems pretty good to me. Seems awful. Oh, please. This next one, though, is not. This is a new card that is not even out yet. And I think this card is going to be a house. So Hole Breaker Horror is going to do a lot of good stuff in this deck. So five colorless blue-blue for a creature, Kraken Horror. That's a 7-8. Mm. It's a uh, rare with flash. This spell can't be countered. And then whenever you cast a spell, choose up to one. Return target spell you don't control Insane. to its owner's hand. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So again, this is like the most, this is the best way to get around the can't be countered spell way. Cause like you put, you cast one drop from your graveyard to surveil to then bounce that spell, yep. bounce a problematic enchantment, anything non-land permanent. It's insanely strong. Plus you just start bashing in for seven. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say on this, especially because of the whole cantrip thing. Like we've talked about. I mean, the fact that yep. I could just pay one mana and now essentially counter magic you whenever I want. That's amazing and yeah. the thing that people always forget yes there are spells that say it can't be countered this gets around it because you're not countering it you're just putting it right. back to their hand so you know there's the uh counter spell that's the teferi card uh great we're not countering but still like they have that there's the wrath i think the it's like blue white white uh colorless destroy all creatures a spell can't be countered Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so th there are a few of these things that Supreme you will, verdict, yeah. Yeah, you'll want to try to protect. So great card. Yeah. Can't wait to pay the $5 for it. So Mr. <laughs> Combo, rounding out 15, round 15, what do we got here? All right. We have an amazing, versatile, overcosted removal spell. Normally only good in mono black to deal with <laughs> enchantments or colorless, and you wouldn't play it anywhere else. But the only reason I'm including it is because we can play it from our graveyard again. So Scour from Existence, I think you got to put yeah. in the deck. Seven colorless instant exile target permanent. Yeah, play it at any time, bash something. It's like the one of the premier removal spells in like these mono blue decks like you were just talking about. So I love it. We're, there's probably going to be ways to discount cost of these things. You're probably going to pay five for this. Yep. All right, round 16, oh. one of my favorite counter spells, but not quite a counter spell. Oh, God. We are going to be commandeer our opponent's stuff. So five mm -hmm. colorless blue, blue instant. You may remove two blue cards in your hand from the game rather than pay commandeer's mana cost. So we got to figure out this whole, like, <laughs> that. Uh, gain control of target non-creature spell. You may choose new targets for it. So, uh, yeah... That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it seems pretty great. Let, let, let me steal your enchantment, your artifact, your sorcery, your planeswalker. Like, uh, your extra turn spell from the graveyard. Yeah. Yep. And I love how, like, I think this is such a good pick because you pay the two blue cards up front and it still goes to your graveyard, right? Uh -huh. Like, you can, you're going to have piles of stuff that you can get rid of from your hand. Um, and getting it back, it's so good. Uh, this card used to be like $30, and it finally went down in price because I think people realize it doesn't matter because it's not a snow land, even though it's from Cold Snap. So, mm -hmm. big fan. You got me onto this card, by the way, and I immediately bought one that day. Well, what would you pay for it? Because it's now 18 bucks. I 
think I paid nine. Oh, there you go. Nice. I think I got it like that day. It was right before, I don't know, whatever snow. There's something, some set with snow in it. Funny 15-second story before Tuck rounds out round 16 during Please. the Commander Clash. Uh, talking about MTG Finance, Krim had mentioned, oh, yeah, the Masterpiece Soul Ring. I remember I sold mine years yeah! ago for 50 bucks. <laughs> and then Seth looked it up, Saffron Olive. It's like almost a thousand dollars now. I just saw that this morning, actually. Good God! And Krim's face was just of disgust. Yeah. I think he said something. He's like, "Well, don't listen to me about stock advice ever." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay, uh, this card is not going to break the bank, though. Uh, but it is going to help us refill our hands from our different cantrips and all that sort of thing. So, Waybreak Hippocamp, this horse fish. Is two colorless and a blue for an enchantment creature, Horsefish. That's a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast your first spell during each opponent's turn, draw a card. So we're playing a lot of one-drop instants, a lot of surveil cards that are going to help fill up our hands, fill up our graveyards. And this kind of offsets the surveil cost, like you said, yeah. of not actually drawing you a card. And all those little one-drops, all those little things that we're going to be casting over and over again, draw your card and get your surveil in. So yeah. cute little interaction for me. Seems like a pretty easy inclusion. This next one, though, I'm not sure what post-run club Drunk Sam was thinking on this one, but I think I know what I'm doing with it. So, dress down, question mark? It's a colorless and a blue for an enchantment with flash, so when it enters a battlefield, you draw a card, and then creatures lose all abilities. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice dress down. So for me, this is like a way that you can kind of trick your opponents into attacking maybe losing some of their buffs maybe losing some of their uh maybe losing some of their standard abilities that they're going ham with it seems like it's just i really don't know what i was thinking when i put on here but i want to keep i want to keep it going i want to keep the train I, going i, I on think this card. i think this is just significantly too cute for the deck. Too cute. Way I, th too, I think way it's too way too cute. Because it's the all creatures. If it was just your opponent's yeah. creatures lose all abilities and you still had to sacrifice it, then it's like, ah, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a one mana less uh, sudden spoiling without split second. But the fact that it's all your creatures, because it would really suck for you to, uh, you know, even if you had your commander out, you do this, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, now I'm going to, like, board wipe. And it's like, I had a counter spell, but now I can't oh, use it. Oh, sure, yeah. May I think, okay, I think what happened was our future guest, Bosch and Roll, spoiler alert, he loves this card and plays it all the time in Legacy, so maybe I just had it at the top of mind. Uh, but, yeah, so maybe not the best. Maybe a little too cute. Uh, I'm going to pass it back to you, <laughs> Mr. Common Number 5, <laughs> before you rake me over the coals any further. All right. Uh, so uh, I am going to uh, round out round 17 with Precognition Field. Ooh. So three colorless blue enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library and you may do this at any time. It's insanely good. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery. Oh. Fantastic. Three colorless exile the top card of your library. That could be an amazing way to, once again, to get piles of mana, but maybe you've gone through all your cantrips and you're still trying to deck yourself. I'll spend 30 mana, sure. exile the top 10 cards <laughs> in my library, just fucking get out of here. Uh, but the fact that we're able to play off the top, if it's an instant uh, during any time, it doesn't say, once again, only during your turn. Uh, just a lot of, lot of freedom there. Yeah. Uh, and now with Leer Out, you can cast from literally anywhere. Library, hand, and graveyard. 
very strong interactions there. All right. Round 18. It's the basic one. I did it because I knew Tuck wouldn't. Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, colorless blue. Instant. Return target non-land permanent. You don't control to its owner's hand. Overload six and a colorless. Uh, if you do, change this text by replacing all instances of target with each. Or uh, apparently this is cleave. Before cleave. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jesus. It's just, ki it's just kicker. It's kicker. It's just another kicker car. God. All right. Well, Tuck, what are you going to do to uh, finish up round 18? So this is a card that we both really liked during the during the first chaos giraffe um i think it plays a lot in here too see the truth yes so it's that a was one of mine blue. was it nice um colorless and a blue for sorcery look at the top three cards of your library put one of those cards in your hand the rest in the bottom of, of your library in any order if this was cast from anywhere other than your hand put those cards into yeah. your hand yeah so Get it, baby it's it's a sorcery speed which kind of sucks yeah um but but again, like four mana for four cards and seeing seven seems pretty solid, uh, especially like over the same turn. And also, if you're playing from the top of the deck, you get the three cards right away there too. So yep. potentially draw six for four. Pretty pretty straight down the middle for this deck. Yeah. No, uh, look, I like this card a lot as long as your deck, even if it's a late game, has some way to be able to play it from the graveyard. Um, right, right, because right. four mana for four cards, that's a mana per card. That is a good rate. Um, obviously, you'd like it to be cheaper, but I think where it takes it over the top, it's like Tuck said, but you get to look at seven out of that four that you get to keep. Exactly. So now you're paying less than a mana per card to do that. Very, very good. But Which is like your favorite rate. Yeah, but it's not a auto-include in any blue deck. you got to have a way to able to flash it back definitely so uh we also need some ways to ramp in this deck because they're in mono blue and mr combo again a tip of the hat to you because no oh no you're gonna like this one infinitely more because i think this card you've already you've already said that this card is good okay i think this card is insane in this deck uh the celestius it's a it's a mana rock you love this card I it's do. so good i yeah I, I, Three colors for legendary artifact. If it's neither, it's neither day nor night, it becomes oh, day as it guy. enters the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. Tap for one man of any color. Three colorless tap. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise, it becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. And then whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain a card. You may draw a card if you do discard a card. And it was so gain a me, life. You said gain a card. Gain a life. Thank you very much. Uh, so for me, like, I think we talked about how you've correctly identified this is a good draw spell. Yep. And even now it's not negated because it's any card, right? Yep. So if you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to draw, I'm going to draw a card because someone didn't cast a spell last turn because they're also playing instants and sorceries. And then I'm going to discard this one haymaker that I'm going to be able to cast anyways, right? So it's like a complete wash. Yeah. Basically, guys, I look at this card as you pay three mana to play it. You pay three mana to put it into the day and night cycle. And now just naturally you have a, a mana lift and you're just going to be gaining life and, and looting. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you get to annoy everyone because you you arbitrarily force them to put in the day mechanic, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, what what becomes worse? The the day-night mechanic? Or are you going to pay one for that? Oof. It's got to be the day-night mechanic, right? Because then you have to flip a card over. It's like another thing. It's I, not I, just one card. Before the drinkathon, I need to get like a big poster board for day and night and all the games tables that I sit down at. It's like, all right, guys, we're doing day and night. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Well, my next one is a removal spell that I really, really like. I don't see it actually played a lot, which is a little disappointing. 
Probably because it's at sorcery speed, but, you know, we'll uh, let that slide for the swine. We are talking Curse Ooh. of the Swine. Oh, my gosh, yeah. X, blue, blue, Blockers. sorcery. Exile X target creatures. For each creature exiled this way, its controller creates a 2-2 green boar creature token. Uh, amazing board wipe. The fact that you could yep. probably do it at least twice. Yes, sorcery does suck, but, you know, we have potentially ways to play at flash speed with our sorceries. Um, but, yeah, I, Tuck, why don't you think we see this played in, uh, enough? I don't I don't know, to be honest with you. I think there, at some point it was like $3, mm. um, and now it's gone down to tw like a quarter. Um, maybe people think it's just like inefficient because it's it doesn't target anything else. But, I mean... People play – so it's kind of back to your murder argument that we have a lot, right? Like you can play um, Reality Shift for two, exile a creature, and they manifest. They get a 2-2 two -two out of that, right? Mm -hmm. Or bottom level, you can pay three for this, which is the same thing so they don't get a card. Or you can pay five for this, right? So it's like a more modal card. I like it a lot. I've always been a huge stand for this, and this is going to go great in this deck. Yeah. Okay, so to complete out and start round 20 – I'm going to need to sheem with Tygum. So we are talking Tygum's Scheming. Huh. So Tygum's Scheming, colorless blue, sorcery. Oh. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest back on top in any order. Four cool. mana, ten cards. Right, yeah. And it, and it replaces itself. It works with your surveil. Very cool. This is awesome. What a great pick. I know. I've never heard of this card before. Man, Tuck, are you potentially going to build this deck? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not building any more monocolor decks. Boo! All right. I already have Sphinxes. It's the best mono blue that exists. <laughs> I mean, this is a surveil deck, though. I See, that's where you got me on this surveil <laughs> shit. It's like just narrow enough to be like, is it worth it? All right. Well, what's your 20th pick? Well, um, I guess I'm going to punish people for having expensive man bases because we're going to have, what, 34 islands in here? Back to basics? Back to basics. Yeah! Let's, let's get mean. I'm ready to get mean. So two colorless and a blue for an enchantment. Non-basic lands don't untap during their controller's untap steps. Well, sucks for you for playing your reserved list. <laughs> now you're not going to be able to play anything. I don't usually like these sort of soft lock cards, but I think this one, it's like, it's kind of, I also like, I think this and Blood Moon are totally fine. Yeah. I think they're totally fine. Just play your basic lands. If you're playing a, if you're playing an expensive mana base and get greedy on it, this kind of makes you pay the piper a little bit for it. Oh, so then like same thing with like Quicksilver Fountain. It's like Yeah, yeah, I completely completely agree. Like yeah. I think they all work very well. All work very well in sequence together. Yeah, I agree. And I mean the when people get upset about back to basics, I feel like usually it's the budget players that are upset by it cuz it's like I already have this crappy land that enters the battlefield tapped. And now mm -hmm. it can't even untap. I do understand the frustration there, but I think people just need to understand most players, and I'm going to say it should be 90% or more, put back to basics because they're in play groups with Scalding Tarns and Dual Lands and all of that kind yeah. of super City expensive of yeah. mana bases. Um, and, and it's just a way to try to keep those people in check because we've all seen when you build an EDH deck, almost all of your budget's in your mana base if your deck yeah. is a tuned deck. Yep, I completely agree with that. And now, if people are trying to get cute and saying, you know what, I don't want to tap down my bad lands. Well, I have some sour news for you. I'm going to tap it down anyways with my girl, Tamio, 
the Moon Sage. Three colorless double blue for legendary planeswalker Tamiyo. Plus one, tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Minus two, draw a card for each tapped creature target player controls. And then finally, you get an emblem with you have no maximum hand size. And then whenever a card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, you may return it to your hand. So now we're having something that's helping us uh, tap down problematic permanents, freeze them. And if you're playing against some like sort of go wide deck that just attacked, you can even pay, pay five, minus two, draw 10, draw 15 potentially. And then finally the ultimate, keeping your hand size full and then letting you choose whether you want to put something into flashback it um, or it gets your creatures back, that sort of thing with the May ability. You would never do you that. You would always want it back to your yeah, hand, Yeah, it's always right? back to your hand. The only okay. time you would ever put something into your graveyard is if you had a monster mash and you were trying to get it shuffled back Oh, in. sure. Or you had some of these like... You had, like, some perfect combination of if you do cast it from your graveyard, yeah. you, like, draw four cards and do this other stuff, yep, right? Yep. So, yeah, like, we actually talked about it. The uh, See the Truth would be a perfect example of you would probably yes. put that in the graveyard to get extra value from it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, Tamiya, the Moon Sage, insanely powerful. Uh, I remember there was actually an infinite combo with her ultimate and the other Tamiya's ultimate. Uh, to oh, where you got yeah. omniscience, and basically the and the old legendary rule is that if there was a Tamiyo, regardless of the version, if there was two of them on your battlefield, you had to sack one because of the legend rule. Right, which right, right. I was pissed when they changed. It's so dumb because planeswalkers are supposed to transcend the planes. So this Tamiyo is the other Tamiyo. It's not like there's eight different versions of Tamiyo in the multiverse. Ugh. Yeah, I think I, I do think that's silly, but I mean, what are we gonna do? Complain about it. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna sit here and whinge about it and to no one. All right. Well, here is my card that just isn't that great with us doing lots of tokens. And that's where we're just gonna have to figure out is it worth it? Because I do think the decks that are gonna oh. hurt us are gonna be token decks, go wide decks. They're just gonna be too quick. There isn't enough bounce we can do in blue to handle that so ley line of singularity is kind cool. of a everyone stay fair card it's an enchantment for two colorless blue blue if it's in your opening hand you can play with it in play all non-land permanents are legendary right i like it that's cool um you're just gonna have to figure out what our token producers are yep. right but i think I think even then, we have enough ways with Planeswalkers and these other cards where we are still find ways to get around this. And we can choose if we know we're playing token decks to, like, there's this is one of the few ley lines where if you're like, you know what, we're not really playing token decks, I'm actually going to not play this immediately mm -hmm. because I have three token producers in hand. So I think it's cool. I like this one a lot. Nice. All these ley lines are great. All right. Starting out the new round of 22, we are talking Dig Through Time. Six colorless, blue, Oof. blue, instant, delve. Each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays a colorless. Look at the top seven of your library, put two into hand, rest on the bottom in any order. Basically, it's actually just going to read two, exile the six uh, non-instant sorceries that you can't cast, look at the top right. seven, flash it back for two, doing it again to look at another <laughs> seven. Uh, banned in modern, banned in legacy. Can you believe that? <laughs> Wow. But, and restricted and vintage. That's insane. So strong. And for like a dollar twenty-five. Yeah. Insane value you get out of this. Yeah. All right, Tuck, what do you got? Okay. Uh we are playing another card that is a little bit of a greasier version of your unsubstantiate. Mm -hmm. A little bit more expensive, but he is a creature and a commander in his own right. Venser Shaper Savant. Ah. Two colors, two blue for legendary creature, human wizard with flash. 
when he enters the battlefield, return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. So pretty much, again, I'm playing this in the sense of this is just a counter spell when you cannot counter and also bounce any problematic spell on the field. I don't think we're playing a lot of flash spells or bouncing that way. So it kind of might be a one-time use. I still think it's worth it in this sort of can't be countered world that we're playing in. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I actually just thought of an interesting kind of infinite combo you could do with that, where you, you play the Vincer and you have that uh, red enchantment we just talked about last week, where whenever you have a non-token, you flip a coin. If you win it, you make a token copy oh, of it. But yeah, then you yeah, make yeah. the token copy and you bounce the original, play the original, <laughs> have the token copy. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, but That'd yeah, cool. I saw Vincer. I didn't have it on my list because I thought you would think it's a little too greasy. But yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is an amazing way to counter spells without countering spells. Exactly. So that's that's why I think it makes a good. I think it's a good slot in here. Uh, and this one is a top end card, pet card mm. of mine, but I think it does have some interesting synergies here. So Nedza Hall, Primal Tide, five colorless, double blue for a seven, seven legendary creature, elder dinosaur. This spell can't be countered. You have no maximum hand size. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card, and then finally discard three cards, and then you can bounce it. So for me, I think I like all of this, right? Like no maximum hand size drawing cards, but then you can discard cards kind of freely as well, right? Like you can discard your cards with flashback, be able to cast them from your graveyard. So for me, I think this is going to be like a good chain in and of itself. Yeah. To keep it going, start swinging in for seven. I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the card. Um, I know. I know you don't like this one. So it's fine. Uh, but the funny thing is that the discard piece to kind of protect kind of is also like this legendary creature as well that I'm going to talk about. I think Adamus All-Seeing makes a lot of sense in this deck. Three colorless, blue, 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 legendary creature Sphinx. From M20, it's a four or five oh. with flying. Two colorless, blue, tap, draw two, discard a card. So, I mean, it kind of does what we want to do. But whenever right. Adamus All-Seeing deals damage to an opponent, you may reveal your hand. If cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed this way, that player loses the game. We're going to be doing so much drawing and discarding right. and filtering. I think it's going to be very easy for us to actually have the six different CMCs. Now, granted, the thing that I also like about this is that we're not doing, like, unblockable. We haven't really done a lot of that right, kind right, of right. stuff. So it's still going to be fair. Like, as long as you have a 2-2 Drake, you're going to live through it or a 1-1 Thopter. But it puts the fear out there that, oh, is he swinging? God, does that mean he has six? Maybe I have to use my creature oh. to block. And then it's like, oh, no, I actually didn't have anything. I'm going to cast these spells for my graveyard. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, because we're playing so many cards that have alternate casting costs, we will have, like, the, the with the um, Commandeer and stuff, they have kind of wonky mana values, mm -hmm. even though we're not going to be casting them. So I agree. I think this has a good shot of having this. All right. Starting out round 24, I'm going to put in a Ooh. legend from that trash set, Throne of Eldraine, called Gadwick the Wizened. Ugh. Uh, Blue Sun Zenith on a body. Yeah. So X, blue, 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 legendary creature, human wizard. When it ETBs, draw X cards. It's a 3-3. Three, three. That's actually not the real reason I wanted in the deck. I would be fine just playing it for three blue. Uh, because whenever you cast a blue spell, tap, target, non-land, permanent, and opponent controls. We're going to have lots of cheap yep. cantrips. We are going to be doing stuff multiple times a turn. We're going to be doing stuff on other people's turns. 
once again, this is that control shell to where I'm going to choose what you have available. Yep. I mean, this is even good because you could even waste a, a BS cantrip during their upkeep to tap down their soul ring even. Sure, like, yeah. oh, I don't want you doing anything sorcery speed. So Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of utility here. It's going to play real nice into my next card, which is another instant that I was actually I actually made a joke about yesterday with Tomer. Uh, into the Royal. So colorless and a blue for an instant. Uh, as kicker, colorless and blue as well. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. If the spell is kick, draw a card. So for me, this is just a replacement effect for a counter spell on the stack, pretty much, right? Like, we can't counter from the hand, so we might as well play something that's efficient, that targets a lot of things to put it back up to your sure. hand. And if you need to draw the card, you can. So... For me, I just always like this card. I think it's like a pretty good catch-all for mono blue. Yeah, no. I don't have a ton there. Uh, it's, you know, I, it's for boring. me, it's it's a little over-costed for sure, mana yeah. to draw a card and bounce one thing. I don't know. I Yeah, I, I don't think it's great, but this card saved my ass a lot when I played Mono Blue because it's like it's sort of an enchantment if you're trying to attack mm, with your 1-1s. That's, it's, it's, that's, that's why I like it, but again, it's not like anything yeah. special, and it's four cents, so you, could, mm. you probably can find one in your couch cushions. But moving <laughs> on, um, this is another card that's going to play really well with all of the stuff and the cantrips we're going to be casting. Archmage Emeritus, right from Strixhaven. It's a 2-2 for two colorless and double blue for creature, human, wizard, Harry. With Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. So again, we're going to be turning a lot of these 1-1s one into replacing themselves, being able to chain stuff together through that. Casting stuff out of our graveyard is just going to get better. I don't know if we're playing a ton of copy spells in here. I don't think that's kind of the deck for it. But getting that incidental value off the few that we're putting in, to me, makes us pretty, kind of like, Gad, uh, like Gadwick the Wizened, it's just a good creature that you can have on the battlefield and just kind of act as an enchantment. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit overcosted at four yeah. for a two two. I wish at least it was like a three four at minimum, but um, yeah, I mean, just playing the deck's just going to draw <laughs> you cards. So why not? Yeah. All right. So for my round 25, we're talking search for. Ascanta. Colorless blue. Legendary enchantment rare. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard, which is I'm all about. Then if you have seven or more, transform. Search for Ascanta. And it turns into Ascanta, the Sunken Ruin. Legendary land. Tap. Add a blue to your mana pool. Two colorless tap. Look at the top four cards of your... Or two colorless blue tap look at the top four cards of your library you may reveal non-creature non-land from among it put it into your hand the rest on the bottom in any order does literally everything this deck wants and tuck if you even put in that thing to where it was like the bounce of the land when we're talking about our mdfcs this is another thing to where it's like if you get it but you actually want to be doing the surveil a kind of effect more or the the scry you sure. know you can kind of bounce it play it again and it's an enchantment uh, I really, really, really like this land a lot. Yeah, uh, it's really good. It used to be a gazillion dollars. I'm glad that it's not anymore. You can get it for five. Plays right into what we're trying to do in in the deck. So I'm here. I am here for it, big time, Mister Big Combo. Big time from Mister Big Combo from Mister Big Tuck. It's me. All right. So for round twenty six, you know, I just had to go to dig in my well of ideas Ooh. so we are talking well of ideas this oh is five yeah, colorless yeah. blue enchantment uh when well of ideas enters the battlefield draw two cards at the beginning of each other player's draw step that player draws an additional card 
And at the beginning of your draw step, draw two additional cards. <laughs> so the thing I really like about this is a lot of times these quote-unquote group hug cards usually pays off for the group before you yes. get the hug. Right, right, right. Um, and so I like <laughs> the fact that it is overcosted at six mana, draw two. But I don't think anyone's going to be board wiping this mm -hmm. because they'll want to at least draw a card. Um, yeah. So it should get around to you. So at bare minimum, I think you'll end up getting four cards for six, which still isn't great. But then after that, it's two cards per turn. The rate becomes fantastic. Right, right, right. And we need to dig dig for cards as quick and as fast as possible. So yeah. I think this is a good idea. I think it's great. Um, and uh, I am actually putting this into something which I can't quite talk to you about right now. Uh-oh. In a good way. Well, what are you going to do for your round 26? All right. We're going to get these out of the way. These are the two most boring picks I have so I can get into my fun, stupid ones for the lightning round. Uh, Arcane Signet, Ristic Study, 26-27. There you go. <laughs> we need – if I learned anything from, from the Eron episode, we need to play – we need to have some actual magic cards in here to build this into some semblance of a real deck. So, <laughs> two basic ones – Nothing, nothing to worry about there. I guess I'll throw my last super basic one then. Propaganda. Propaganda, two colorless yeah. blue. Whenever a creature and opponent controls attacks you, they got to pay two colorless for each creature. You need a way to protect yourself. Yep. Easy, easy enough. All I love it. Let's get, let's, All right. go, let's get into the shit. Yeah, we're in the lightning round now, guys. So as a reminder, we each only have five cards left. So now, out of all the cards we prepped with, we have to figure out which of the ones we find the coolest to talk about. Um, and I will start... Oh, man, this is tough. Uh, but I do think... <laughs> you're you're going to lose your damn mind <laughs> on these next four. Am I really? Yes, you're going to be so upset. All right, so starting off the lightning round... For round 28, oh. I'm talking Attunement. Attunement. Two colors blue enchantment. Return Attunement to its owner's hand. Draw three cards. Discard four cards. Great way cool. to dig through the library. Repeatedly fill our graveyard. I think this is like secret tech to kind of win the game. Yeah, I love it. Um, and the thing I like the most about it, though, is you can't get it in gold bordered. So that's the real cool part of it. Uh, yeah, I think this is like a combo card somehow. Um, or maybe it was back in the day, but I love this. Like, I think this is a great pick because it's like a card that reads super cool, but you're like, mm -hmm. what what deck am I actually going to use this in? You know what I mean? Yep. Besides, I just realized Muldrotha would be really good in. So come and do it. Come into a Muldrotha near you. <laughs> Oh, that is really yeah, good in Moldrotha. And I like the fact that it doesn't say it's sorcery speed, so you mm -hmm. can just leave it out there, and then someone's like, uh, enchantment board wipe. And you're like, well, I'll just go ahead and discard yeah, my hand. I'll go but I'll keep my uh, attunement. Exactly. No, I, I like it. I think that's awesome. All right, what are you doing? Well, I wasn't joking. If we're going to go into the token build, we might as well get something for it. Jace Cunning Castaway. Jesus. Colorless blue blue for Legendary Planeswalker Jace. Plus one, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player this turn, draw a card, discard a card, which is good, which is what we're trying to do. Uh, then minus two, create a 2-2 two, two blue illusion creature token with. When this creature becomes the target of the spell, sacrifice it. We're talking about our token game. We can make the token unblockable with Dika Fractal Theorist for four mana. 
So we're going to get our card draw from that. And then finally, minus five, create two tokens that are a copy of Jace Cutting Castaway, except they're not legendary. So for me, this was my drunken, I'm making this Jace tribal. I want to include the ones that maybe don't get played quite as much and do something. So at least we're drawing and then discarding a card on the rare chance that we're actually getting into the red zone with a Drake or something. Sure. <laughs> you love it. Come sure. on. You no, love I it. don't. You this love is not it. A good, this is the worst Jace. This is probably the worst. This is probably the worst Jace. In this deck, yes. This is definitely the worst Jace of all of them. <laughs> all right. Round 29. Uh, I, I got it. Because the way we do these draft episodes, we are actually building the deck. Yep. So I do have to put the win the game cards in here. I can't just say, hey, you know they go in. So Laboratory Maniac, two colorless blue. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. It's a 2-2. Two -two. Um, yeah. Love it. Not, not much to say about that. $4 now, so there you go. Yep. All right. What do you got for 29 All right. Another Jace, but this one is a creature at first. Jace Varen's Prodigy. This one's actually good. A one, one colorless and a blue for legendary creature, human wizard Harry. Tap, draw a card, then discard a card. If there are five or more cards in your graveyard, exile Jace Varen's Prodigy, then return to the battlefield transformed as legendary planeswalker Jace Telepath Unbound. Plus one, up to one target creature gets minus two, minus zero until your until your next turn. Not that great. Minus three, you may cast target or instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell would be put in your graveyard, exile it said. So you pretty much give a card flashback for two mana. Minus nine, you can emblem with whenever you cast a spell, target opponent mills five cards. This is a Jace that actually does something. And ironically, I think a lot of the times you just want him as a Merfolk looter. Then we'll get transformed and give something in your graveyard flashback. Jace Tribal, baby. Keep keep going. I mean, I guess it's nice to have redundancy for your commander if yes. you can't, you know, have a liar out there. Uh, that's and I, I mean, the minus nine could help you win the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not unrealistic. It's just the plus one sucks. Like the plus one sucks. So big I'll time, just put yeah. it out there. Yeah, that that is definitely a sixty card effect. Yeah, oh, not something oh, relevant oh, oh. for Commander. One hundred percent. But again, we're playing Jaces, so here we are. Well, uh, funny thing for number thirty. I, I was going to say, wait a minute, another Jace. <laughs> We're talking the Wielder of Mysteries. Colorless, triple blue, legendary planeswalker Jace, four uh, loyalty, five bucks is the cheapest one you can get. Uh, plus one, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard, draw a card. You basically get f access to three cards if you think about it. Yep. Uh, minus eight, draw seven. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. And then it has a static effect. If you draw cards while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. This is redundancy for Laboratory Maniac, but the nice thing is that actually when this is on the battlefield, it can actually do something where Labman is just sitting there. I completely agree. Like this, I think even if we're not getting there to win off of the lab man this still does something in this deck which i think is really yeah. important so you kind of have to have them both but again we've talked this card is just i think like infinitely better yeah all right tuck what do you got we're going keep on going baby we're going party jace this time jace Jesus. OG, jace blaren i told you it was gonna have a gimmick to it jace blaren is a colorless blue blue for legendary planeswalker jace plus two each player draws a card Minus one, target player draws a card. Minus 10, target player mills 20 cards, which again can kind of be good either way you look at it, and it's $2. So everyone's drawing cards. No one's going to kill him ever unless you get him close to 10, and they're just going to knock him back down. You can draw a card, doing everything that we're wanting in this deck except for milling all in a three, tight three mana package. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right, I found some more cute tech oh, for excellent. you, Tuck. What is this? We're going to meditate. 
next. Oh. Two colorless blue, instant. Draw four cards. You skip your next turn. <laughs> wow. And uh, it's $10.46. And it's and part of magic cents. history for whatever reason. Because, yeah, this and a taiga are just as important and impactful together. Oh, God. But it doesn't matter. So, look, I mean, we have some extra turn spells in here. And I believe... I believe I looked this up and I found it to be true because it says you skip your next turn. That trigger goes on the stack when your next turn would start. So if you do this for six mana in one turn, I think you only miss one turn. For oh, eight cards I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah six yeah. mana. Interesting. So I, I, th I think that's actually how you want to use this is I got six to do it. Six mana all in. I'm casting it, draw four, and I'm going right, to do right, it again right. out of the graveyard. I That's actually how you do this. I don't think you just do it for just the draw four, skip your next turn, unless right. you have an extra turn spell in hand. And it's like, oh, I'll well, just use that. Well, and if it's late game, it. you may not even care, right? Because you're playing with your graveyard, so you have all your mana untapped or whatever. Yeah. Right? You pay just three, get the four cards you need, and then now you're just being reactive on everyone else's turn. So I'm here, I'm here for it. And yeah, this plays perfect with my next pick which is, in fact, another Planeswalker, but we're doing something a little different. Teferi, Master of Time. So two colorless, two blue for Legendary Planeswalker, Teferi. You may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi, Master of Time on any player's turn, anytime you could cast instant. Plus one, draw a card, discard a card, slam dunk. Um, minus three, target creature you don't control phases out. Great removal, great protection. Another way to deal with something on the board because we're not countering it. And then minus 10, take two extra turns after this one. So I know we've talked about how he's really good in a lot of different decks. But I think in this one, he especially signs because of that loot effect, right? We're, we're drawing a card that we need to refill our hands. We're bidding the ones that we're going to cast at a later turn. All three of these things seem like it's pretty strong on our old boy Teferi here. I love this card. I love being able to do Planeswalker stuff on other people's turns. Um, and the cool thing about this, especially with the meditate, if we're, if we're kind of using right. these two cards and kind of talk about how they synergize together, the interesting thing is that, yes, the two extra turns, it's like, okay, well, I'm only going to miss one of those turns, and I got to draw eight cards for six mana. But the other thing is that if you do it and you have to skip your next turn, or even if I'm wrong and you have to skip right. your next two turns, Every you can still do Teferi turn, on yeah. everyone else's turns. So it's like you're still actually contributing to the game and the progress. So that's what I think is actually yeah, pretty that, cool about this I, card. Like I said, I still have not played it yet, and I've been wanting to, like, whoa. Okay. So I'm on to my last card. And this is really hard because there's cards like Sapphire Medallion, Skyclave Relic, Mana Crypt, Soul Ring. Like, we need these cards in the deck, but I don't want to talk <laughs> about them for my last one. And, you know, but I think this is a card that can fill Tuck, something that you like, pretend a group hug. I do like that. And. It does what I kind of talked about, where this commander can kind of come off as less threatening because all spells can't be countered. So let's put Prosperity in the deck to continue to fuel this make-believe that we're friends. <laughs> make-believe. X blue, sorcery, each player draws X cards. Yeah. Hey, guys, guess what? You know what? I don't got anything to do. Uh, let's all draw 10. And then you could flash it back. Uh, let's all draw 15. Because, once again, you're just trying to get through your deck mm -hmm. as much 
and as fast as possible. And you don't even care if you have to discard down to hand size because you'll just put the best instant and sorceries in the graveyard. I love it. I'm here for it. This is a great card. I've always liked it. Two bucks. Nothing nothing to complain about here at all. All right, Tuck. Well, how are you going to finish out I want you to make sure draft. you can read this one so that, uh, you know, it's easy enough in the to be able to search it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're a dick. I refuse to build a deck that does not have a soul ring in it. I'm willing to put myself up on the hill and be stabbed in the back by myself to end this with Soul Ring. It has to go in here. We only have like two other artifact ramp spells in here. We have to have it in here. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, you love it. Come on. All right. Well, that completes the draft. Now let's fast forward into the future and get the deck stats. All right. So we have magically transported uh, ourselves five minutes into the future. Uh, and here are our deck stats. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through talk about how many of each card type we actually ended up in the deck. And then, Tuck, why don't you give us what the non-land budget ended okay. up being and our CMC and how that kind of mana curve is looking. Sure. So we'll start off with our instance. We got 16 in the deck. Uh, kind Pretty of shocked. Good. I thought we'd have more. Yeah. Um, seven Planeswalkers. Well, we know why. So Woo! we shoved every JC could in here. Oh, yeah. Um, 16 enchantments. That wow. seems like an awful lot. That seems like an awful lot. Uh, artifacts, we got six. Not, not a lot. Not good. Funny enough, only five sorceries. Yikes. And 14 creatures. Uh, yeah, I was a little worried about that when I was rereading my list this morning. It's like, are we going to have any targets? We have, uh, we have six one drops, 18 two drops, 15 three drops, nine four drops. Oh, boy, I can already confuse. Five five drops. Here we go. Six, six drops. That's weird. Four, seven drops and an eight drop. Uh, but, and our CMC ends up being 3.46, which is pretty good, especially yeah. considering I went through the other ones and the other ones we had were three, three. The other one was four, seven, four, one, seven and four, one, five. So right along the range. And I think that's actually pretty deceptive because a lot of the cards like dig through time are not going to, you're not going to pay yep. eight for that, right? You're paying two. Um, yeah, but you could almost say, like, because I know people always have that argument, but my counter argument is, do you have Rift in the deck? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, okay, mm. well, that's not two, it's seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have Dig Through Time and Rift, it's like they basically even out right. on the CMC. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a really good point. Um, and it's looking like right now with no lands, we can build this deck for around 240 to 245 bucks, which is pretty good. That's not, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. Uh, if we look for a surveil deck. Let's there go. Is. Well, especially if you look at the price from the other ones. Uh, Eron was $500 to $1,100. Uh, <laughs> Averna was $100, pretty much on the nose. And then Hoffrey was $500. So doing pretty, <laughs> doing pretty good for us with a, a few pieces of magic history in here. So uh, the thing also says that it's about 27% competitive, 73% casual, which I would totally yeah, say that this is about, a 75% that, that seems like that goes casual about, deck. Around, the, around there, yeah, for sure. Yep, and I think that goes to show, guys, that you're able to do basically CEDH-type win cons like Labman and Jace. Uh, we didn't have Thassa's Oracle in here, but that, that's another one that you could do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it goes to show that you could do those generic I-win-the-game cards that people usually say aren't fun, but still have it in a fun deck yeah. to where, hey, yeah, we, we have one Gadwick, but we have no way to make infinite mana. We almost have no way to ramp. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, if, if you just get it through all of your flashing back, like no one's going to be mad. They're actually probably, your opponents are probably going to say, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I completely agree. I like, like you said, with the um, ramp package, we're not going to, it's not a fast deck. It's just going to be a fun deck to play with Surveil. Yep. Totally agree. Well, guys, that's the end of the episode. 
Um, thank you so much. We would love it if you could leave us a, a review and some uh, feedback on whatever consumption platform you watched us on. It could have been YouTube. It could have been a podcast. Uh, but if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, how can people get a hold of you? You can see me on at Big Tuck Tweeting. Come at me with whatever I asked you at the top. Oh, your WordPress. Give me your WordPress feedback right there. DM me, post me, whatever you want to do. I'll be reading it. All right. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can also go to the website where we will have the draft list article posted and the YouTube video and all the other accoutrement at cmdtower.com slash BNBE114. Now, we could not do Bruise and Builds without Tyler. He is our amazing audio and video editor for uh, Bruise and Builds here at CMD Tower. So at underscore Tcoats on Twitter, hit him up. Let him know what he's doing great, what he's doing good, and maybe some areas that you'd like us to include that maybe we aren't doing today or even things you'd like us to improve on because we really do take that feedback to heart. Now, we would love some support because it does help us keep the lights on and continue to put out great product for you guys. Uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we have four different tiers, but the most exciting thing is if you become a Patreon, you will have early access to the Holiday Jund sweater uh, that we developed here at CMD Tower, and you'll even get a $20 discount on it, so you could actually sign up for, like, the Big Tux Brew Buddies, get a pack of sleeves, get a Monarch token, get a Squeaky Coin, get some RK Post tokens, and your sweater, and you save 20 bucks, and now you're in the collective. Well, you can that. talk in the Discord and do that. So, it's a great, great way to be able to join our community while still getting a little bit of savings. Now, if you're an existing collective member and you referred someone to join, have them message us on Patreon. And depending on what tier they signed up on, it could be as simple as us signing a gold-bordered card for you to, hey, we might send you your own holiday sweater. It just kind of depends. Uh, but we want to make sure we reward you for spreading the good word. Now, we do have a store, cmdtower.com slash merch, so if you'd like to go pick up some of our swag, you can do it on there. We do sell everything, and we've even been able to kind of get the site fixed from a shipping perspective, so it's no longer just a flat $10 no matter what you buy. It will do weight-based shipping, which I know will be great for you guys, because some of you guys can save a few bucks if you just need to get a monarch token there's no sense in paying ten dollars to ship that it can be put in an envelope or you know on the bigger stuff we can also help out our canadian friends so big tuck we did another chaos draft of lair disciple of the drowned how do you think the deck ended up do you think we're a little too all over the place or do you think we're actually cohesive enough that without many changes the deck could work well uh i have two answers to that i would say that per usual i was all over the place which is kind of my <laughs> shtick on these uh due to my crippling drinking problem uh, <laughs> but i wasn't really excited i love doing chaos draft like this was mr combo's idea that we started doing this year and it's just been every single time it's fun. Like, I think we have great discussions. We talk about a lot of cards we might not, not want to. So I'm always excited for that. I was not that excited for this one in particular too much because I already have spell slinging decks. But I do love your idea of making it like the surveil deck and really leaning into that as much as you can. Um, mm -hmm. So I like that. I, I think if you take that sort of weird stab at it, it makes it way more interesting. 
and and something mm -hmm. that I would be more interested in playing as well. Yeah, I think the only thing, kind of like looking at the deck and how it's breaking down, we obviously we need more instants and sorceries in the deck. So I think it might be one of those things that let's find enchantments and creatures and honestly planeswalkers well. that maybe aren't going to the surveil and the token strategy. So it's like get rid of the. I mean, I like the leyline of singularity idea, but if we're if we're gonna try to get this pulled a little bit more in, yeah. I think we might have to sacrifice some of the fun pieces that we put in for pure mana rocks, more instants, more sorceries, just more things to fuel the deck. Because I do yeah. think we're onto something with the kind of token surveil theme. I think yeah, you could yeah, do yeah. both of those and do them healthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, but again, this is always fun. Um, this is a good breakup in our th four days of recording, just like tomorrow is going to be. So, uh, but yeah, th it was, it was really fun. This is, this is just always, these chaos drafts are always like the highlight of recording for me. Well, I'm about to go juice 10 pounds of oranges to make mimosas. So <laughs> see ya. What today? Oh, wait, in the, in the future. Wait, what you are now for next week? Boop.